0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. America's original sin slavery, racism. I'm going to say America's original sin is hypocrisy. America's original sin is saying one thing and doing another. It is Saying we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal while the people that penned those very words held people in bondage, raped children. That there were these notions of freedom and liberty and justice for all while you designated human beings that you knew were human beings because you were all scholars. Designated them three-fifths human beings for the purpose of power and, and building an empire. You built an empire on the backs of human beings that you purposefully denigrated for the sole purpose of profit. The original sin of America? Hypocrisy. So I'm reading this book that I got from Bustasori's. Um, it's called Black Fortunes by Samari Wills. It is an amazing book, and I love it because... It is a story of all of these African Americans, all of these black people who were born in bondage, but yet went on to become millionaires. And we never hear these stories. These are people we've never heard of before. I heard of Annie Malone. She's the only person that I've ever, you know, that I've known before I read this book. But the rest I'm like floored because, you know, the narrative is that, you know, the people that were here before who were in bondage were all you know, downtrodden, but that's not the case. But even more so, even more inspiring is that, that they, you know, a lot of them ran away or some of them bought their way out of, of bondage but went on to become wildly successful. I talk often about Black Wall Street and Rosewood and Eatonville and Weeksville and all of these wonderful thriving black communities that were destroyed you know, Mud Bayou in in Mississippi destroyed by white jealousy and and white white nationalism and the notion of of just being angry that black people could just rise up. But that's all we do is rise. Okay, so I just want to remind us who we are. And that's why I love write, reading this book. But what what floored me, chapter two which is King Cotton's Bastard. Now, this is a story of a man who was born into bondage. His mother was enslaved. His father was a white uh, ship guy um, who traveled and sailed around the, the, the world, and he went on to become wealthy. But what really messed me up was the beginning of this chapter, so I'm going to read a little bit of it. 1844 is the date the Mississippi Delta Inside a church made of laid stone and canopied by trees on a clearing in the woodlands of Arkansas, an enslaved woman named Emmeline was summoned to the front of the congregation to undergo a confirmation ceremony. She was purportedly the first enslaved person to undergo the ritual in the state, to undergo the ritual in the state. The faces of the congregants at the Episcopal Church of Arkansas were of slave-owning families from the cotton plantations of the western part of the state. They watched with absorption as she marched to the front of the congregation. Not only would Emmeline confirm her faith, but she would also join slave-owning men and women as member of the congregation and a sister in Christ. Emmeline was a fair-skinned black woman described as the most beautiful type of Creole. She was unmarried and had two children by two different men. That couldn't be held against her, as her body had been sold and rented out at various points by the family who owned her, who claimed that she, quote, lived the most Christian life of anyone we ever met. And I'm going to stop there, because it goes on to talk about the story of Emmeline, who was uh, of poor health, and she went through this process because she wanted to spend eternity in in heaven, which is what she was told. So she, you know, went through her confirmation through her baptism, because she wanted to, to have eternal life, but what's really crazy when you read this, and as you read further, and I misspoke because I talked a little bit about this story in my radio show on Sirius XM, that in the 1850s, the average lifespan, I said, was 26. No, it was actually between 22 and 36 years old. Black people did not live to 40, and Emmeline at this point was 40, so she was on her last breath, and, but if you think about 22 years old, Before I get into that, I want to just put a little pin in this right here, because the hypocrisy that I'm talking about, they're in an Episcopal church. They're being they're praying out of the Bible. They're they're praying to Jesus Christ. They're watching this woman be, you know, uh, brought into their into their fold. And it says, you know, she lived the most Christian life ever, but you sold her body. You prostituted her. She had two children by two different men because you prostituted her. This system, while you are praising God and, and supposedly a Christian, you put a person in bondage and you prostituted her, and then they had the nerve to, you know, well, we're not going to judge her for that. This is crazy, but this is also America. It goes on to also talk about, you know, the diseases that took people out at 22 Uh, that made it impossible for them to live past 30, 36. Uh, Among them, waterborne illnesses, um, people contracted um, tetanus from farm equipment that was rusty, sexually transmitted infections that was really big during the 1850s, disease-carrying mosquitoes, hemorrhaging at childbirth. Enslaved people were considered lucky to reach their 30th year, and Emmeline had survived several outbreaks of cholera, malaria, yellow fever in, the, in these backwaters of Mississippi, um, in the Mississippi Delta, without any doctoring, right? So you got two things going on. You value Christ, but you don't value Christ's life, human beings, and you let people die, and you've you sold them into bondage. And you, you know, this was, this, again, foundationally, is America's original sin, but I bring this up because I had a conversation with Drew McCaskill on my show several weeks ago. Drew McCaskill, formerly of Nielsen, he's on my show and he's on the Clay Cain show, and he talks about numbers and buying power and and it's uh, really brilliant guy. But we were talking about the Project 1619, which I've also done a couple of podcasts on, and uh, he was saying what's really crazy is. People have, you know, these notions of, you know, we love liberty and we love this, we love that, we believe in humanity, you know, but they're willing to compromise all of their values, their so-called values, all of their morality for money. So listen to his rant. It's about three minutes uh, on this topic, and I thought it was poignant, as we, you know, recently just had a conversation about sin and the end times and. I've also, of course, did a whole thing on, on the 1619 Project that we've been talking about, you know, w- like I did the Frederick Douglass, what is uh, the 4th of July to the Negro? These things have to be discussed in this country of ours if we're going to move forward. Or this is going to be the thing, and I've said this many, many times, that will undo America. Her hypocrisy will be her undoing. But it's incumbent upon us, those of us who do love this country, those of us who are Americans, who have been here five, six, seven generations, to make America great because we can. We can demand it of her. So up next is Drew, Drew McCaskill, but the money... Let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Use the hashtag podcast so I can check out the words that you're saying to me. Stay tuned. And this podcast is brought to you by fabfitfun.com. Fabfitfun.com. Use my promo code, This Is Karen. You get $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. This is Karen, $10 off. It retails for $49.99. You get more than $200 worth of beautiful items. Let me just tell you how excited my mom was. And uh, when she got it, she was like, oh my gosh, she sent me pictures. She called me. She was like, did you send me something? I said, I sure did. And I got one for myself as well. And we have different things in our seasonal boxes because we're different people. You fill out a little questionnaire about the person you're either going to send it to about yourself and FabFitFun, they will select the items to put in again, more than $200 value for just $49.99 at FabFitFun.com. Dot com. Use the promo code, this is Karen, and you get $10 off your first box. Beautiful items. Let me know what you think.
1: Here's um, the other reason why I think this is so crazy important, too, that the 1619 Project puts this into real context, these conversations into real context, is that all of these atrocities that were inflicted upon other human beings People recognized that this was brutality, recognized this was massacre, they recognized that these were atrocity, but they said, yeah, but the money... You know, and so when you think about you think about the conversations that we're hearing now where people are talking about voting for specific people, right? Is that yeah, but I get the tax break. Like I think he's a despicable human being. He says despicable things, he does despicable things, these policies are despicable, these things are evil. No, that's not a Christian. No, I don't think that he's a practicing Christian, but he's good for being business and my taxes that ladies and gentlemen is not a far that is not a far walk from yeah i know that it's that it's not christian yeah i know that it's brutal yeah i know that it's a it's inhuman yeah i know that it's all of these things but the money
2: slavery has been about power now, obviously, the power over of one person over another, but in American history, it re- represented, as Drew was just saying, enormous wealth, and because of the Constitution as it was written, enormous political power, that that three-fifths of a person idea made Virginia the most powerful state in the Union when it was created, even though Massachusetts and Pennsylvania had more free white citizens. So Virginia has the most seats in Congress, and four of our first five presidents are Virginians who are slaveholders. So that's the political power. When the cotton boom begins around 1800, two things are needed for cotton. Land, and we talked about that a little bit, the Louisiana Purchase, and labor. It's an incredibly labor-intensive thing, even though the cotton gin had made the Uh, Cleaning of cotton. Cleaning of cotton. It was still incredibly hard labor to plant and then harvest cotton. And for that, an enormous number of enslaved people were needed in 1808 the foreign slave trade ends so what happens that doesn't end slavery which was what people like Washington and Jefferson kind of thought well once we get rid of the slave trade eventually this thing will die out they were wrong because it exploded the market for slaves and enslaved people so that the real wealth became not just the people who had enslaved people to pick their cotton, but the people who could breed slaves because there was an enormous market so that the slave breeding becomes one of the great engines of wealth in this country. And this is not something we teach in civics in sixth grade. That slave breeding was part of the building of this country. And it's a harsh hard history to teach but we have to teach it
0: but the money (laughs) that was drew mccaskill let me know what you think about this podcast is america's original sin hypocrisy hashtag podcast at karen hunter on twitter till next time